Coming up on Golf Today, life is good for Lucas Glover. He brings his hot putter to Chicago. He'll join us to talk energy levels, a Ryder Cup spot, and trees. And speaking of the Ryder Cup, Zach Johnson will stop by as his job is about to get really tough choosing outfits and choosing players to find a way to beat Europe on the road. And it's been a minute since we've seen this Ryder Cupper in Florida, man. Boo Weekly back on the horse on PGA Tour Champions. And on this show, giddy up, it's Golf Today. Golf Today. Just one day away from the start of the second leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Guys are putting in some work, dialing in their games as the top 50 players in the FedEx Cup standings will look to make their final push for Eastlake this week at the BMW Championship at Olympia Fields outside Chicago. There's Ricky Fowler. What a season he has had. Justin Rose, he has won the FedEx Cup before this is golf today on a Wednesday. Damon Hack alongside Eamon Lynch, Golf Week magazine. It just feels like things are getting a bit serious. Yeah, it's all about numbers now, Damon, and numbers you can't avoid because the pairings at Olympia Fields are ordered by ranking in the FedEx yeah. Cup standing. So one is going out with two, three is going out with four. You're constantly aware of where you stand in relation to the guys around you. And the numbers really matter this week for the impact it has next week when we move into the staggered scoring system at the Tour Championship. I've, I've never been a huge fan of that. It's kind of like a, a handicap system for the world's best players. Yeah. But that is a practical impact next week on what they do this week. It does. I was more of an English history guy than math, you know. But the math is very important this week. It's all about the numbers. And you mentioned, Eamon, some of the great tee times we're going to see this week. Let's take a closer look. Jordan Spieth, what a wonderful week he had last week. In Memphis, alongside Sung J.M., Rory McIlroy, and Lucas Glover. 11, 10 a.m. Eastern time. You say Lucas, the hottest player in the game right now. You mentioned the guys that will be side by side. How about John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler, the top two in the stands. Keegan Bradley and Ricky Fowler, both guys trying to stay on the radar of the U.S. Ryder Cup captain, Zach Johnson, who we'll speak to in just a little bit. Players looking to extend their seasons and also jockeying for better position in the standing. So with more, let's say hello to Todd Lewis, who joins us from Olympia Field. Hey, T. Lou. Hi there, Damon. You talked about that tee time that features Rory McIlroy and Lucas Glover. Of course, Lucas Glover is on a really big heater right now, coming into the BMW Championship with back-to-back -back victories. But Rory McIlroy is on a bit of a hot streak as well. Eight straight top tens coming into the Chicago area, including a second-place finish at the U.S. Open and, of course, his win in Scotland. Now, Rory says he treats the FedEx Cup playoffs like it's one big tournament with 12 rounds. So now he's a third of the way through this big tournament after making the trip from Memphis here to the Chicago area. I caught up with him today during his practice round, and I had to get his perspective on where he is with his game and his position heading into the BMW. I'm feeling pretty good about it. I mean, it's, um, you know, the way I played last week, especially with how I finished, um, you know, on Sunday with, with that good score, you know, didn't quite do enough to make it into the playoff. But, um, you know, I think for, you know, I've I've traditionally been a slow starter in the playoffs and then sort of built my way into, you know, going into Eastlake. But I thought last week was a really, you know, it was a good start. Um, a lot of momentum coming into this week, uh, you know, in a great position. You know, I think when you're up, 
you know, around the top of the FedEx Cup going into the going into the playoffs, uh, it's very easy to drop a few positions just if you have a, you know, even a decent week. I think if I had if I had a finish one place lower last week, I would have dropped you know a couple of spots in the in the in the in the rankings. So to to stay at three going into this week, um, yeah, I'm I'm really happy with where I'm at. You have the same putter this week that you pulled out of your garage and put in play last week. After after a tournament under your belt with this putter, how would you describe your confidence and comfort with it? Yeah, I, um, yeah, it's getting there. I'd say um, it would be very easy for me to pull the spider back out at any point, just because I, I have such a level of comfort in that putter and the the memories that I have with it and the success that I've had with it. I just, you know, I, I just felt like my putting was getting a little inconsistent. If you look at the numbers it looks pretty good like i'm gaining strokes every week that i play but it, it was more the variance day to day you know have a good round have a bad round have a good round have a, so i just wanted to mix it up and just get a just sort of a different look and a different feel and, and try to freshen it up a bit so um look it it worked pretty well last week i'm i'm sticking with it for at least for thursday um this week and then we'll see what happens all right final thing when we played here this championship on this golf course three years ago it was very fast very firm very challenging not seeing it so far earlier this week, early in the week, I should say. What are you anticipating from Olympia Fields? Yeah, it's it's much softer than than the golf course we played back in uh, in 2020. Um, it's still it's a long par 70, so it doesn't give up. I just still don't think it gives up a ton of scoring opportunities. I, I you know even when it's this soft, I still I, you know I don't see like 18 under par winning. It's still going to be a, a relatively um, you know moderate scoring week uh i don't think it's going to be four under like it was last time but it'll you know i think if someone can go out and shoot um you know 467s this week they'll have a they'll have a great chance to win yeah the scoff course is soft nearly two inches of rain fell on olympia fields on monday soft golf course well that kind of fits into rory's wheelhouse because he is from a distance perspective, the longest player on the PGA Tour. Rory is a lock to make it to Eastlake to be a part of the Tour Championship in an effort to win his fourth FedEx Cup. Cam Davis is trying to get to the Tour Championship, and what a story he has been over the last couple of weeks. He came to the Wyndham Championship outside the top 70 in the FedEx Cup standings, shot a final round 66 to make it to the playoffs. Then in Memphis last week, he needed a final round 67, which he completed, to make it here to the BMW Championship. I caught up with Cam today, and I asked him what he has learned about himself over the last two weeks that when he needed to shoot a great score, he was able to do it. Yeah, these last few weeks, I've, um, I mean, honestly, I've just stuck to what I've been doing the entire week leading up to the Sunday. Um, yeah, it's just some trust that, you know, keep putting the same swings in it, you'll keep getting the same results. And uh, I've managed to play some really nice clean rounds on Sundays when I've needed a good one to keep progressing forward in these FedEx Cups. So uh, I'm looking forward to trying to do that again this week, but it's been a very satisfying last few weeks. Obviously, there's pressure in those situations. Do you feel like you deflect that pressure or embrace it? I feel like I acknowledge that there's a lot of pressure there, and I, I like to think that I can rise to the occasion when the pressure is on. At the same time, I don't like trying to get too caught up in the results of, you know, what I might need to shoot in order to get to that. So I know I need a good round in order to make it to the next week, but what that number exactly needs to be, I don't really want to think about that too much. So um, I try to give myself freedom to just go and play the best round I possibly can and then afterwards uh, see if it's enough. But uh, yeah, that doesn't stop there being pressure throughout the day. 
So yes, there will be pressure on Camp Davis and essentially every player in the field because you want to go to the Tour Championship next week in the best position. As Eamon was mentioning, this will be a staggered start for the Tour Championship to decide the FedEx Cup champion. And we talked about already how soft this golf course is right now. Moving forward, well, guess what? Thursday morning, we're expecting a little more rain, but by the time we reach noon, that rain should be out of the area, and we have a dry forecast Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with abundant sunshine, temps close to 90 on Sunday. So, guys, we will see this golf course evolve over the next four days. Todd Lewis reporting on players on both ends of the FedEx Cup standings. And the PGA Tour isn't the only circuit in action this week. Obviously, the BMW Championship in Chicago. The LPGA Tour and the DP World Tour have a joint event, the ISPS Handa World Invitational at Gangorm Castle, just outside of Belfast. The PGA Tour Champions is north of the border for the Shaw Charity Classic in Canada. And in New Jersey, we will see the Corn Ferry Tour for the Magnet Championship. And the Corn Ferry Tour is building towards a crescendo, as is the PGA Tour this week in New Jersey, followed by the Albertsons Boise Open, the Simmons Bank Open, and the Nationwide Children's Hospital Championship, all coming up in the next few weeks. Speaking of the Corn Ferry Tour, which is filled with stories to feel good about each season, let's look back on one of the best stories of the year. It happened back in May when former USC standout Rico Hoey birdied the 72nd hole of the Visit Knoxville Open for his first Corn Ferry Tour title. It also clinched his PGA Tour card for the 2024 season. Emotional win punctuated by this phone call between Rico and his parents after the win. Come on, Dad. Oh, my God. We did it, Dad. Oh, my God. Don't cry, too, man. Everyone's crying. Oh. Oh, God. Oh, thanks, Mom. Oh, gosh. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll call you later, but I just want to say love you. All right. Thanks. All right. All right, hit him straight. All right, bye. They're playing. Hey. Oh, my God. I know. I know. This is wild. I was trying to call everybody. All right, I got to do some interviews, I think. I'll call you after. Okay, bye. <laughs> I love you too. Hey. Oh my god. <laughs> Don't make me cry. Where am I going? Oh shoot. Oh. Sorry. Oh god, we did it. And great to have Rico Hoey with us on this Wednesday. Rico, you're tour bound. What do you remember the most about that crazy day? Uh, it was just just a magical day for me. Um it, it's just Still surprised that I won out there and uh, just really happy to get the W. And, uh, yeah, I'm just happy to get my tour card now. And, yeah, it's just crazy. Rico, you've played pretty consistent golf since you won in Knoxville. But did you feel an extra weight of pressure when you showed up on the Corn Ferry Tour after that? Suddenly when you're a winner that you expect a little bit more of yourself and you think others expect more of you as well? Uh, yeah, I felt like there was not as – like not – not a lot of pressure out there now. I mean, I had a feeling like I built up enough points to uh, get my tour card, but um, my my main goal was to really just to get better each and every day and try to shoot in the 60s and just try to keep up and just honestly get better physically and mentally. And uh, I feel like I've been doing that each and every week after that win. So, yeah. Rico, there were a lot of tears and a lot of crying, joy. What was your? What were your parents telling you? You were telling them, you know, we did it. 
my God. But what were they telling you during that moment? I, you know, my, my parents were just telling me, I told you so, you know, my mom always told me, uh, patient is patience is the virtue. And, uh, you know, I, it, that, that's kind of my key in life is just, you know, believing in staying patient to, to the process. And, um, they're, they've been my number one supporters. And so when calling them and telling them, they, they were just so proud and so happy and, you know, the tears were flowing already and it, they kept it going. So, yeah. <laughs> Rico, at this point last year, one of the things the PGA Tour announced was that rookies coming on to the PGA Tour would have a $500,000 advance on earnings to help them kind of get their feet on the ground for, for the PGA Tour season and meet the expenses of playing at that level. How much difference does something like that make to you when you're heading out there as a rookie on the PGA Tour next year? Yeah, I, I think it's going to help uh, great and financially for me. It's um, I, I, I'm not aware that we're going to be doing that. I'm not sure. Uh, everything is still so new to me. But um, yeah, I mean, having that is just a great bonus. I feel like that's a weight off my shoulders when it comes to trying to find sponsors if if I can or can't get any. And um, I think traveling and Going to all these new places, it's, you know, it, it, it'll, it'll be a huge help. Rico, having a support system is, is very important. You may know, I went to UCLA. I brag a lot about, you know, Cantlay and Lilia Vu. Do you have a big support system at, at USC when Gabby Ruffles does well, Allison Corpus? I want to give you a moment to kind of talk about USC and, and the golf program there, just in the interest of equal time. You know, yeah, I mean, I think my my biggest supporter out there was Chris Zambri. I mean, he was a head coach out there for the for the longest time. And uh, yeah, even when I wasn't on the Corn Ferry Tour going through many tour events, he was still there, helped me throughout the whole process of me trying to get back out here. So I have to thank him a lot. He's done a lot for me and the whole USC Trojan family. I mean, yeah, Allison killing it out there and everyone. It's um, it's just a great motivator for me to keep playing well, too. So we, we just want to make the Trojan family proud. What constitutes a good season for your in terms of your goals on the PGA Tour next year, Rico? Because we've seen Eric Cole, who's a rookie this season. He's still alive in the playoffs right now, the BMW Championship. What's your goal for next year in terms of what you would consider a success? Uh, for me, you know, I haven't really thought about that that far yet but uh, I think just to uh, make the playoffs is a huge thing um, I guess that's securing your tour card um, and just uh, hopefully get a win that'd be kind of nice and hopefully play a couple majors that's that's the biggest thing for me and you know it, it's gonna be my first year out there I'm, I'm gonna have to get my feet wet and just kind of get the lay of everything out there so I'm excited to get out there learn a lot from the best and see what I can do Rico, for a time, you were known as the guy who would wear earrings on the golf course, a big-time fashion statement. When did you start, and will you bring those to the PGA Tour? Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, I started probably when I was in middle school. Uh, yeah, and I've had it for a long, long time. And, yeah, I still rock them out out here during the week uh, or during the tournament weeks. And, um, yeah, I'll probably bring them out out there. Not sure if I'm going to bring up a little new style. We'll see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, I'll shine them up and get them ready for the first event. <laughs> well, you've only played a couple of PGA Tour events, Rico, but one of those was the Barracuda Championship last month. You finished in the top 20. Did you leave that with a sense of where the headroom is for improvement 
in terms of what you need to do to face the best players in the world for the entirety of next season? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I walked away feeling a little more confident knowing that my game can translate out there. I'm not saying that I have all the answers, but um, I'm just going to keep working hard and keep doing what I need to do. I, I don't feel like I need to change anything, but I'll, I have to just keep doing what I need to do to keep progressing in the right way. And I feel like my coach Ross and I have found a great system uh, to get better. And I'm just going to keep sticking to that. And we're going to keep adjusting. Bringing the earrings and bringing a lot of game. Rico, congrats and best of luck for the rest of the year and 2024 as well. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Fight on. <laughs> All right, folks, <laughs> meanwhile, news from earlier today. U.S. Senator Richard Blumenthal wrote a letter addressed to public investment funds Yasser al-Rumayan reiterating his request for Yasser to testify at a future hearing in Washington. Senator Blumenthal requested al-Rumayan voluntarily appear at a hearing on September 13th or propose alternative dates by August 18th to discuss PIF's commercial engagement with the United States. And in that letter, Senator Blumenthal wrote this, the suggestion that your role as a Saudi foreign minister shields you from testifying about PIF's commercial activities is both deeply troubling and unsupported as a legal matter. In short, PIF cannot have it both ways. If it wants to engage with the United States commercially, it must be subject to United States law and oversight. That oversight includes this subcommittee's inquiry. If you continue to refuse to comply voluntarily, the subcommittee will be forced to consider other legal methods to compel PIF's compliance. Well, we have a start lineup of guests for you on Golf Today. Baron Chopra, who just won on the APGA Tour this weekend, along with Lucas Glover, the hottest hand in golf, the Ryder Cup captain himself, Zach Johnson, a man with a lot of decisions to make. He's here. Will Lowry and Doug Smith celebrating 100 episodes of the Beyond the Fairway podcast. And there's the last name on that list, a three-time PGA Tour winner, 2008 Ryder Cup folk hero, Boo Weekly. He's a rookie again, officially arrived on the PGA Tour Champions, and there's never a dull moment talking with Boo. You're going to find that out after the break. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Welcome back to Golf Today. Let's flash back 10 years ago the Charles Schwab Challenge. Boo Weekly fired back-to-back -back 66s over the weekend to win his third PGA Tour title by a single stroke over Matt Kuchar. It was Weekly's first win in Tour in more than five years. 
Check out the career bio of one Boo Weekly, three-time winner on the PGA Tour, made that 2008 U.S. Ryder Cup team riding down the fairway, riding that driver like a horse. Career world-high ranking of 23 in April of 2008 and making his PGA Tour Champions debut last week. Let's see how it went. That's why I drive a truck. They got that damn car here, boy. Oh, I lost the four iron, so I just threw that in there. I don't even know if that one's gonna work. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where I've left it. I left it sitting somewhere. All right, where are we, where's the, where are we check in, register at? Front of the building. Uh huh? We just walked there to it, I reckon. Hey, Johnny Oi! Good, buddy. How you been? Good to see you, dude. <laughs> so good. You know, I get to come back and get to play with the guys I kind of grew up with, and it's just going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I got to play with Joe, Joe Durant back home, you know, and he kind of gave me a little insight on it. And But, you know, it's been so long since I kind of really did anything, so it's kind of a little nerve-wracking trying to figure out what I'm doing, where I'm going, how I'm going. Ooh. What's up, fellas? Oh, yeah. All right, man. How y'all doing? Y'all doing all right? Yeah, good welcome. to see you. Yes, sir. Welcome, welcome. Yes, sir, buddy. How y'all doing? Good I'm to good, see y'all. Yes, sir. Good to see everybody. Yes, sir, buddy. Hey, bud. Sunshine, how, how are you? It's been a while. Did you bring your buddies with the handles? No. No. No, no, no not this one. <laughs> not this one. That's right. That's right. Where's registration at? Okay. Hello, how y'all? Good. Hello. How you doing there? Doing well. Oh, boy. Here we go. Weekly? Yes, ma'am. Monthly, daily, yearly. And then a weekly. I don't know nothing about this thing, man. I done messed it up over here. You need help? Oh, yeah. Oh. I need a lot of help. <laughs> when it comes to these things, I don't know how to work none of this. They don't need to give no redneck no computer. That's him. Now where we go? Which one do? I don't know. I'm hungry. What the hell is everybody waiting on? Hey, guys. Man. Ain't nothing to it. How you doing, Shorty? Been a while. It has been a while, buddy. How you doing? You been doing all right? It's a good see. Yes, sir. Good to see y'all. Like, where you get balls at? I'm like, okay. All right. Let's go see if we can get it airborne. Boo Weekly. <laughs> what are you doing, my yank? What's up, buddy? How you doing, brother? Good to see you. Good to see you. You're looking Welcome good. Welcome to the old man's tour. Is it? Yeah. Whew. All right. I think we're gonna have a good time out here. I got to see a lot of my old buddies and friends and people I got to, you know, I played a lot of golf with and I had a lot of respect for and you know it's gonna be fun to be able to tee it up with them again and just you know get the camaraderie going back again. I think it's gonna be nice to hit some real balls instead of them old yellers. You know what I mean? Burn. This is my first event, so I got to kind of get my feet wet first. You know, I might, I might stay in the shallow end before I get in the deep end. You know what I mean? Just to figure it out. Stay on the porch like the puppies. You know, and they learn what these big dogs are still running about, and then figure out what they're chasing, and then I can go chase it with them. And a three-time PGA Tour winner, Boo Weekly, joins us now from Canada, side of the PGA Tour champions. Boo, you said you wanted to see the guys and to see where your game stood up. How did it all go for you at the Boeing? Ah, it was it was fun. Um, my game didn't stand up too well, but it was all good. Um, I mean, overall, I wasn't feeling my best. I had a little sinus cold last week and just 
wasn't all 100% as we started playing. But uh, as the week went on, it got better. It was fun, though. Out on the PGA Tour, rookies don't scare anyone. But it's a different story on the PGA Tour champions where rookies are, you're the young guns on, on that tour. You're considered a threat from the get-go. A lot of those guys who are welcoming you there at the Boeing last week, do you think they're afraid you're out there to try to steal their lunch money now? No, I don't think so. I think they done made enough money. They just playing to have fun again. Well, that's the thing, Boo. Some people miss the competition. Some guys want the cash or need the money. What compelled you to come back to competitive golf considering all the injuries that you've had? I, I like the competition myself. I like, you know, I mean, that was one of the things growing up, you know, because I, I played against Heath Slocum, you know, practically my whole golf career. And being able to tee it up with him, we always had like a little competition thing. I felt in my gut that if I could beat him day in and day out, I felt like I could win just about anything and everything. And when we get out here on the tour, when I got out and finally got comfortable out there to where I could feel like I can play and compete, I found like when I shook everybody's hands, you know, when we got ready to tee off, I was kind of like, all right, you know, under my breath, I'd be like, all right, I'm kicking your butt today. I'm kicking your butt today. And that that's my goal, you know, and, out here, it's a little different wave, um, you know, because these are the guys, like I said, I kind of grew up playing with, and it's fun to be able to see them and play with them, and I have a lot of respect for them to be able to still come out here and play, and I'm glad that, you know, they kind of took me in again to let me play with them and have fun with them, and, you know, they showed me the ropes a little bit, talked to me about what I need to do with certain things and how to handle certain things, so it, it, it's been pretty fun so far. It's been quite a while since you played a full competitive schedule, Boo, probably about six years, but you pay, played a bunch of Corn Ferry Tour events to try to get yourself ready for this. Where do you feel as though your game is as you head into this new chapter? Uh, I'm still kind of working out some kinks. I just had a new hip put in in uh, 2001, so it's kind of, I don't know, I've lost a little bit of distance off the tee, and my irons ain't quite as crisp as they normally are. And then I know that a lot of that's got to do because I haven't hit as many balls as I used to. And But I'm hoping to get all that back together and, you know, kind of get back serious about what's going on since I am out here playing and and just hey, maybe go out and just play some good golf and just see how I stand. You know, if I get in the next, you know, maybe five or six tournaments from here out and, and just see how it goes from going into next year. Boo, as you know, the Ryder Cup just hits different. Justin Leonard says he's, you know, every day someone reminds him of his putt in 99. How often are you reminded of you riding that horse down the fairway at Valhalla in 2008? Uh, pretty good bunch. Uh, like the day it got brought up a bunch, we talked about it for about three holes. Of me, you know, what was I thinking? What was I, you know, why did that come about? And you know that was a that was a that was a fun chapter in my life right there. You know, and you know people asked, you know, was you nervous? Was you nervous? Was you, you know, what was going on? I said, I think I was more nervous last week than I was at the Ryder Cup. You know, <laughs> and I mean, it's a totally different feeling, you know, than than it was at the Ryder Cup because you know we're playing for you know the United States. You know, I'm playing for my country. I'm playing, you know, for my people. And out here, I, you know, you're playing for yourself and. It's kind of a dog-eat-dog dog out here, you know, and it was a different feeling, but it's it was an awesome time, and, yeah, we, it gets brought up pretty good uh, uh, about every weekend when I'm playing in a tournament or if I'm playing in a pro-am. We just saw that video of you last week at the Boeing where you were being greeted by a lot of friends from over the years. How many of those friends that you meet on the range every week actually know your given name? 
<laughs> I think I think a couple of the caddies know it more than the players do. I don't think none of the players know it. Maybe Joe Durant might be the only one because he's from you know he's from Pensacola, so he'll be about the only one. I would, and I don't even know if he really knows it. I'm curious, Boo. Speaking of your career, three-time winner, a Ryder Cupper. I imagine a lot of players would have loved to trade places with you. When you look back, are you make peace with your career? Are you happy with it? What do you reflect on when you look back to your PGA Tour playing days? I, 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 I'm very pleased with how I did it and how I went about it. I got lazy. Um, as I'd say, later on in my career, i say around 14, or actually it'd be probably about 12, 13, I kind of got back after it. But I say from 14 on, I kind of got lazy. I got wore down. My kids started getting older. I want to start spending a little more time with them and hanging out with them. But I, I, I just say, I wouldn't say I got lazy. I just, I don't know how, I, you know, I'd, I'd say I got lazy, you know? I mean, I got lazy and fat. That's what I did. <laughs> Happens to us all at this age, Boo. What's the, the schedule looking like for next year then? How full a schedule are you looking to play next year? I really don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna have to go to Q school. I don't know. I don't know the whole breakdown of this yet. Um, I haven't really sat down with my agent Jimmy Johnson and figured all that out yet. But um, you know, if I got to go to Q school, I'll go to Q school and fight my way through it. You know, until I got out there on the PGA tour. And so, I mean, it's. I don't know. I really couldn't tell you. I don't know how everything breaks down. Well, one step at a time. You're a PGA Tour champions rookie, and these computers are overrated anyway, so don't worry about that. Best of luck this week in Canada. Yes, sir. Thank y'all for having me. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This guy is spending more time on golf today than we are. Lucas Glover joins us fresh off yet another PGA Tour victory. We're going to talk about his hopes for the FedEx Cup, his ambitions to earn a place on Zach Johnson's Ryder Cup squad. And the captain himself, he's on deck as well. Time to talk. Captain's picks, if he's willing, and a little fashion. Well, it is in Italy after all. Golf Today continues right now. And yes, indeed, the 123rd U.S. Amateur is underway after two rounds of stroke play. The match play bracket is set. 64 players currently battling it out at Cherry Hills Country Club outside of Denver, Colorado. Coverage currently streaming on Peacock, and then coverage will begin on Golf Channel, 6 p.m. Eastern time. This is Golf Today. Damon Hack alongside 
Eamon Lynch of Golf Week magazine. You can take out your phone and, you know, hit that little, you know, put the camera setting, I guess you would do, and you want to watch it on Peacock. Watch these young players. I tell you what, the line between the pros and the amateurs from a talent standpoint it's almost indistinguishable how good these young players are. It really is. And to me, in terms of match play in this game, there were really two great days in the game, which was Wednesday in the old match play championship where it was knockout season before everyone got a second chance or a third chance, mm. and Wednesday of the U.S. amateur. Because there's so fine a line between going on and going home. And by the end of today, I think we're going to see a... A lot of cheers, a lot of tears, and probably a few regrets out there as well. No doubt. U.S. Amateur streaming on Peacock, 5 p.m., and that's right now, then 6 p.m. on Golf Channel. And what a stretch of golf it has been for the 43-year-old Lucas Glover. Have you been watching this wave of success, I have to call it? Elite ball striking, this turn. newfound putting stroke, making 30 and 35-footers like they're nothing. Grab this fifth PJ to win at the Wyndham, what a story it was. His kids were there. They earned that spot in the FedEx Cup playoffs. And momentum, Eamon, as you know, it is everything in this game. It certainly is, Damon, because one week later, he continued his great play. Glover won the FedEx St. Jude Championship at TPC Southwind, beating Patrick Cantley in the sudden death playoff. The 2009 U.S. Open champion earned his sixth PGA Tour win, as well as 2,000 FedEx Cup points. And that's good for a significant jump in the standings. And they also joined some pretty rarefied errors, the oldest golfers to win in back-to-back -back weeks in the last 40 years on the PGA Tour. The oldest, B.J. Singh, 45 years, 6 months, 10 days. Heal Irwin, back in 1990, also 45 years. And then Glover, who's 43 years, 9 months, and 1 day old when he got that second win at the weekend. Let's take a closer look at the FedEx Cup standings, the top 10 in particular. Number one, Brom. You see Scheffler there, Rory, Lucas Glover. All these guys jockeying for position, looking ahead to Eastlake. And the hottest man in golf, Lucas Glover, joins us now. Lucas, thanks for the time. Back-to-back -back wins on the PGA Tour. What are the physical ramifications of being in contention and winning two weeks in a row? Because, hey, none of us is as young as we used to be. Yeah, that's true. Uh, obviously, it was quite hot in, in Memphis. I think uh, my pants proved that. But uh, <laughs> it's, been, uh, it's been a good run. Been a... Uh, been a nice couple of weeks, nice couple of months, and uh, happy to happy to be here in Chicago, getting ready for uh, for the next run. Lucas, this has kind of become a weekly therapy session for some of us who've been beaten up by this game to remember how it's possible to actually come back from that kind of stuff. Does this feel surreal to you, or does this feel like something you expect of yourself? Um, I, honestly, a little of both. I never uh, uh, kind of. Kind of take pride in, in the fact that I never, never gave up, never, never gave up on myself, and never stopped believing. Um, but at the same time, anytime um, uh, success like this comes, you, you you need to enjoy it. And and there and and you know, uh, that's the surreal part of it is 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 the winning and the success. And um, that's what I've been that's what I've been able to do the last couple of weeks is is reflect on it, enjoy it, and, but at the same time uh, have it have it still motivate me. That's what, I guess that's what I'm, I'm curious about. What are you most proud of in this? Is it the victories over the best players in the world, or is it what it took internally for you to get from where you were in terms of struggling with the game to where you are right now? Um, I think the latter. I think the latter because it's uh, it's been fun uh, ever since the putter switch to actually go practice and then to to get some get some reward from from the work and and enjoy 
um, practicing and preparing again when it was so um, time consuming in a negative way before and seeing no results. Um, but uh, I, I knew it would take some hard work to, to get used to the, the long putter and the and the, the, the new the newness of it. But uh, to, to, to see the results and, and reap the benefits has, has, has been worth it. Well, the rewards may continue with a potential spot on the Ryder Cup team. You don't strike me as a guy who's going to be, you know, texting Zach, bothering him. You know, you're letting your play uh, do the talking. But how will you approach these next couple of weeks in knowing that that carrot could be out there for you? Oh, yeah. Um, Zach knows how I stand. Uh, I made that pretty apparent last Sunday night and uh, and even more so this week. Uh, he knows I want to play. He knows I want to play for him and play on that team. And um, that's another another motivator for me. I've uh, I've been close before and, and let it consume me in a negative way and, and, and didn't play well because of that. So uh, I got a different mindset this time and, and a different motivation. And um, so looking forward to uh, to the next couple of weeks and, and, and hopefully making an easy decision for him. And uh, if, if it's not me, I'll I'll cheer just as hard uh, for my peers that represent our country. You've played for the red, white, and blue before, Lucas. You've been on President's Cup teams. What does that mean to you in terms of representing your country, particularly if you're going overseas where the Ryder Cup hasn't been won by America in 30 years? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd, I've always said I feel like that representing your country as an athlete is, is, is our highest honor. Um, and uh, I, would, I would relish the opportunity to do that. Um, and uh, going overseas um, doesn't change the fact that it's still golf, but, uh, you know, away games are different, and uh, I've never never experienced a Ryder Cup, much less an away Ryder Cup. So, um, you know, but uh, it's got to be some everybody's first time one time. Well, speaking of our country, you are a U.S. Open champion who's playing on a U.S. Open golf course. For those wondering if you can make it three in a row this week, how does Olympia Fields fit your eye? Uh, first time here, so got uh, got a got a quick look uh, last night, and then again this morning, and uh, it's really good uh, as advertised. <laughs> I've heard nothing but good things, and um, this this golf course and this facility doesn't doesn't disappoint. It's in perfect shape, and uh, it's going to be a good test for for everyone. So excited to uh, to get out there in the morning with uh, one of the best players uh, in our history, and and uh, cut it up with Rory a little bit. So looking forward to the week. Look, Lucas, on the 18th green at the Wyndham Championship, you were surrounded by your kids and you said to Amanda Renner that you were out there busting your hump because you wanted to be able to essentially have enough status to spend more time at home with your family. The victories and being top 50 in the FedEx Cup standings have pretty much allowed you to pick and choose what you want to do, where you want to go in 2024. This is your 27th start of this season. What do you think is a more reasonable number for you to find that balance next year? Um, probably low to mid twenties uh, total, um, and uh, you're, you're exactly right. With with the current success, I, I should be able to pick and choose a little bit more. I've basically played uh, uh, pretty much every week this summer, and that's when they're they're most of their free time. So um, you know, like to uh, like to be able to do a little more in the summertime with them. And um, but uh, you know, we'll see. Schedules. Uh, Schedule still in flux uh, as of now. Just don't know where I'll be and where what they'll have planned and 
and all that stuff. But uh, I've, I've, I've earned the right to uh, to do that as of now. Lucas, I don't think you'll remember this interview, but about 16 or 17 years ago, I bumped into you under the old oak tree at Augusta National during Masters Week. I was doing a story for the New York Times on that tree where people meet and congregate and, and sometimes tell stories. And I asked you, Lucas, what do you think of this beautiful tree that we're standing under? And you said, I'm not much of a tree guy. And I love that quote, and I put it in my story. <laughs> in, in the years that have passed, have you discovered the beauty of loblolly pines and oaks and magnolias? Are, are you a tree guy, or are you still not a tree guy? Um, I'll tell you what, I'll be a tree guy in April. <laughs> uh, no doubt about it. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. How much are you looking forward to, to going back to the Masters? Oh, always. Always uh, looking forward to it. I've, I've been there when I wasn't playing and look forward to it. So uh, it's a special place. I only grew up a couple hours from there and um, kind of got knee deep into the history uh, as a teen. So, uh, yeah, I love it. It's a special place and uh, pretty close to home, too. Lucas, you've accomplished so much on the PGA Tour, a major champion, but, but now, at, at the age you are now, are you more confident than you've been at any point in your career? Um, well, confidence goes with, uh, confidence goes, comes and goes, obviously. Um, and uh, as of right now, today, yes. Um, but, uh, you know, three months ago, probably as little as I've ever had. So, um, you know, you just want to, want to keep it and, and ride the momentum as much as you can, and, and that's what I'm trying to do right now. Well, Lucas, it's been so fun following this story and your success. Congratulations on all of it. Have a great week outside of Chicago. Thank you. Appreciate y'all having me. And as Lucas mentioned, he'll be part of tomorrow's marquee group coverage on PGA Tour Live. He'll go off at 11.10 a.m. Eastern alongside Rory McIlroy, who sits at number three in the FedEx Cup standings. For the break, he's the man Lucas Glover is trying to impress this week. U.S. Ryder Cup captain Zach Johnson. The captain's made some time in his busy schedule to join us. You won't want to miss it. We're back on golf today. The countdown is on for the Ryder Cup in Rome. The biennial event will be contested at Marco Simone Golf and Country Club September the 29th through October 1st. The U.S. team looking for their first win on foreign soil since 1993. Let's take a look at the current United States standings. The top six on the points list will, following the BMW Championship, automatically qualify for the team. And then Captain Johns will make his picks following the Tour Championship in a couple of weeks. Here's some players making their case to the captain. I want to make the Ryder Cup team so bad. I mean, it's 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 so so important to me. Um, I mean, I legitimately would rather make the Ryder Cup than the playoffs, which is really really messed up to say, but it's just the truth. Um, but because of that, I think that's why I played so poorly the last month and a half for two months. Like, it's just I'm putting so much pressure on myself to play well. Uh, it's very similar to what happened to me in, in 2016. Um, you know, I felt like I started to try so hard at the end of the year when if I just would have, I feel like, kept doing what I was doing and, and trust my ability and my talent, then it could have been good enough. So uh, hopefully I learn from my mistake and play well tomorrow and just see what happens. I think you'd have to win next week to to earn your spot onto the team. If you don't, would you would you pick you? Right now, yes. Playing pretty good golf, and uh, um, I think I'd be pretty good in the team room and be a good partner. So yeah, absolutely, I would. Well, 
I, I think about the Ryder Cup every second I'm awake, basically. Um, I'm, my, my biggest thing right now is trying not to think about it while I'm playing because it's, it's, it's important to me. Uh, I feel like I could bring some experience to the team. They're, I would personally, I would love to just be on a team with this younger group. And Ralph Lauren will continue its partnership with the PGA of America as the official outfitter of the 2023 United States Ryder Cup team. Ralph Lauren will provide the U.S. team with uniforms, outerwear, and tailored clothing to be worn during the opening ceremony and welcome dinner as well as arrival and during play at the 44th Ryder Cup. And the team's on-course uniforms exemplify the American spirit with a red, white, and blue palette and details that bring a patriotic homage to the team's apparel. And we're joined now by U.S. Ryder Cup captain Zach Johnson at the Chicago Ralph Lauren Polo Store. You look great, Captain, but you're from Cedar Rapids, known more for food, agriculture, and steel. How much uh, style input have you actually given to Ralph Lauren? Well, I'll just say this. Uh, I feel like I've got a pretty good idea as to how to go about my job as a competitor, um, as a golfer, at least at times. Um, I think I got a decent idea being a vice captain over the years as to what my leadership role is as a, as a captain, I'm going to leave the fashion style things to the actual pros and fortunate to partner with Ralph Lauren Polo and what they do, how they do it, their people, and certainly their, uh, their, their closet of clothes that we're going to be unveiling here today um, is special for Ryder Cup USA. Zach, a lot of the stuff looks great, very sporty, and I say that as a European, but there's one outlier piece here I'm curious about. There's a, a white sweater that looks like something Federer would have worn walking onto centre court at Wimbledon a few years ago. <laughs> How many of your guys do you think you're going to get into that sweater in Rome? Well, I mean, hopefully a lot. I mean, well, let, let's let, the facts of it are, it, it could be pretty warm in Rome, so I'm not sure how much sweaters will be worn, but if needed, the options there, I think it's... I think it's special. It's red, white, and blue to the fullest. One, two, you know, the beauty of, of Polo Ralph Lauren is that the fabrics can, can can take shape in a classy form, a traditional form, but also incorporate some of the, you know, the evolution of of, uh, of, of clothing. And so that sweater is just that. It, it's bringing in the old with the new. It's, it's, it's withstood the test of time. It's extremely classy and something that I know I wore as a kid when I went to go play tennis or – uh, you know, play golf in the fall with my parents. Extremely classy, and things are getting extremely serious this time of year. I imagine you're very busy qualifying, about to close after this week, then you'll have picks after the playoffs are done. Just how crazy has it been? How quickly has the time passed where you actually have to start making some very tough choices? Yeah, I mean, it's gone by fast, yeah, Damon. Yeah, it, you know, it... it there's been times where it's felt like it's taking forever to get there. And then when it actually kind of gets here, you're like, Holy cow, it came quick. But uh, you know, I've enjoyed the process of it all. Um, every moment has been special. And it's really one of those times that you really appreciate who you work, who you work with day in, day out, certainly starting with my wife. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's around the corner. The team's starting to take shape. Uh, still only two guys that have you know made it officially, but our, our top six will be solidified this week after the BMW championship. And then um, we'll start piecing things together to actually form our our band of 12 uh, to go to Rome. Well, one person who wants to wear one of those snazzy outfits is Lucas Glover, the hottest player in the game. We just spoke to him, Zach. I want you to listen to what he had to say, and then I'll ask you a question on the other side. 
Zach knows how I stand. Uh, I made that pretty apparent last Sunday night, and uh, and even more so this week. Uh, he knows I want to play. He knows I want to play for him and play on that team, and um, that's another another motivator for me. I've uh, I've been close before and and let it consume me in a negative way, and and, and didn't play well because of that. So. Uh, I got a different mindset this time and, and a different motivation. And um, so looking forward to uh, to the next couple of weeks and, and, and hopefully making an easy decision for him. And uh, if, if it's not me, I'll, I'll cheer just as hard uh, for my peers that represent our country. Zach, you know Lucas Glover. He's a peer of yours, been on President's Cup teams with him. What else do you need to see from Lucas Glover or have you seen enough the last couple of weeks? I, I, I can't really get into that, Damon. That, that's It's too premature. There's still points out there. There's still a lot to, to unfold um, as far as those those six guys go. And, I mean, Lucas might make it into the top six if he keeps going at this rate. So I, it's a little premature for me to even speculate as to who the picks will be. Um, given given the volatility of points, the the purse in which we have this week is our points are based on money. So, I, I you know, getting into specifics of individuals – who might be uh, uh, picked is, is just frankly irresponsible. So I, I, I'm not going to get into that. Now, Lucas, as a person, as a friend, I couldn't be more ecstatic for him. Uh, he's an unbelievable competitor. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. I've, like you said, I've been on teams with him. Um, he's a he's a major champion, and uh, the man is motivated, and that's what you want. You want guys that are motivated to play for Team USA. You want guys that are in good form. But, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of other elements involved when it comes to forming the 12. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know where things are going to how, – how it's going to look yet. I mean, that's it's, – it's not <laughs> – there's nothing concrete there. Um, I'm just excited for those six at the end of, the, end of this week to welcome them to Team USA. Zach, you seem to have a wealth of options whenever the time comes to actually make those picks. But that also means you've got a lot of difficult phone calls that you're going to have to make. Is this where the job really gets tough when you have to call guys who've made a great push at it but just come up short because there just simply aren't enough seats on the plane? Well, that's just it. I mean, I, I feel like I could formulate my 12 could be, you know, there could be numerous options there, right? I mean, if you could just go down the list and probably take two or three different teams and, and, and how they're arranged and, and have success. So yeah, the, the, the responsibility and what I've signed up for is to make difficult decisions. Um, granted those decisions will be collaborative, but at the end of the day, the onus goes on me and I fully acknowledge that and understand that and frankly embrace that. So I know that I'm going to appease a lot of people and I know I'm going to upset a lot of people. I've been on both ends of that. I get it. Um, the common sentiment that I've gotten from guys is, you know, sentiments, I should say, is that one, Zach, I want to play for Team USA. I want to play on your team. Uh, but just know that I understand it's a hard decision. And regardless of what happens, I'm going to be cheering. Hopefully it's at Rome. Sometimes, you know, it'll be on TV. But uh, I've been on both sides. It's, it is a part of the job. It is a part of uh, Ryder Cups. And, and, and it always will be. Um, but again, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate to have great people around me to help me navigate the, this process. How difficult is it to follow players who may not be playing this week? It's one thing to be on campus, as it were, to watch players competing in the playoffs. How do you keep tabs of players that are, are maybe not complete competing this week? Uh, Justin Thomas, for example. How do you keep tabs of players who aren't going to be inside the ropes? 
Well, I mean, communication is paramount, regardless of who the individual is, where they are, whether they're competing or not. I mean, there's constant communication going on, not just by me, but also by the other leadership of the team. Um, we'd be foolish not to have that going. That, that's if there's anything that we strive for, it's it's complete transparency, open lines of communication, and and um, understanding that you know what, not one person makes this team, whether it's the leadership side or the playing side. Um, we're all in it together, and we're going to do it together. How difficult is it to find the balance, Zach, when you're weighing up on one side the hot hand, the guy who's in form, versus another guy that you or team members believe has certain leadership qualities within the team room? That's got to be a tough balance to strike. Well, ideally, you have both, right? I mean, <laughs> you, you, you want individuals that have some experience. You want individuals that... Um, uh, understand, you know, that, that there's a lot of factors involved when it comes to formulating this team. Um, you, you want guys that are, are playing in good form, certainly. You know, the difference this year, if I'm just going to go based on just what's laid out, facts, is that at the end of the Tour Championship next Sunday, we've got four weeks off. So that's that's a whole month of trying to, you know, the team will be set. But you can't determine form based on observation in those four months because there's nothing really competitive and we've already got our team. So you, you, there's other elements involved, not just current form and, and, you know, where guys sit or experience. I mean, there's there's so many factors. And, um, you know, we've got statisticians. We've got guys that deal in the objectivity and the subjectivity of it all. And we're going to take all that data, all that information, and try to try to mold it into the 12 guys that we feel are better to go take the cup back we want to win that's that's the bottom line and however that looks um is yet to be determined but i, I do know that we're going to do it in a very high character classy manner uh just like these clothes on the road. well i want to leave you with this zach how do you do it on the road it's been 30 years since the united states Ryder cup team has taken the cup back from european soil well, I mean, if, if there was a if there was an equation or a formula that I could give you, I, I, I would reveal it. But I, there isn't. Um, I mean, the beauty of this competition, the beauty of the Router Cup, is that it every two years it takes on a new form. Every two years it's in a different place. And the way I see it, and what I will hopefully extend to, to the team, um, is what we have in front of us is just another opportunity. What happened in the past is irrelevant. Frankly, what happened two years ago is irrelevant. Yes, you're going to learn from things and pick apart things and and maybe even keep some in your pocket. But for the most part, new members, new players, new team, new opportunity. Let's embrace it. Let's go compete. Be who you are and represent the red, white, and blue. Zach, I know you're not going to give me any names at this point, so maybe you'll give me a number. How many guys have been measured for those outfits that are standing <laughs> behind you on the mannequins? Uh, I think I should know that. I, I would say it's probably in the 25 to 30 range. Give or take, um, the fittings of all of our polo gear was at the PGA Championship in New York. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're, you just kind of go down the list and uh, try to get as many guys as you can and caddies. Holy cow. It was, a, it was quite the undertaking, but um, these guys are pros. They, polo knows what they're doing. It, it, we're, we're lucky to partner with them. Well, the unis look sharp. And, and Zach, I got to say, you sound like a captain, like a coach. You've grown into this role already before a ball has even been struck. Congratulations. You look great. We'll talk to you soon. Best of luck. Yeah, thanks, Jens. Thanks for having me.